So this morning I feel so led to just jump in and not really call for any responses to the text, specifically because I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking a specific thing to this particular house today. Not only to this house, but to many houses, a thousand congregations all across the land, all across America. So versus taking your response, I want to bring us to this specific point in the text, and then we're going to go from there. But let's just invite the Holy Spirit. Can we do that? I'm a Holy Spirit guy, so if he don't come and he don't manifest his presence, then there ain't no reason for us to be here. Amen? Father, we do thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. Holy Spirit, will you come? Why don't you just put your hands out like this for me? I know it's just symbolic, but <laughs> we need them. Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you come like wind? Will you come like fire? Will you come like rain? Will you breathe upon us in this place? Father, we need you. Your word reminds me that you will increase, therefore I must decrease. Father, hide me behind the cross today, God. Father, I pray that there is something that is spoken in this place that directly penetrates the heart of your people. Father, we're losing the battle. <laughs> I'm not telling you nothing that you don't already know, but... You already know what the end of the story looks like, so therefore you're still smiling, you're still reigning, you're still sitting on the throne ruling. There's a lost and there's a dying world. But you have a plan. So Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We love you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to talk to you specifically from two talking points as a, from this particular text. And I'm just going to throw them out there so that way as I talk to you, you keep these two things in mind. The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The power in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, I am, small disclaimer, I am a charismatic guy. I'm a Holy Ghost guy. And I'm sure you are too. The way you perhaps receive him might be in a different way than I do. But I would be doing you a disservice if I pretended to be somebody that I'm not. Does that make sense? So today, I want to talk about the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. But I'm gave, I gave it to you in that order, but you cannot talk about the power without first talking about the presence. I'm going to say that again, because maybe that was revelation for somebody today. You cannot talk about the power of the Holy Spirit without first talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? In this particular passage that we just looked at, one of the first things that we see Jesus 
do is we see him sit down at a table. We see him eat some real food, right? Because he's a real man, right? Fully God, fully man. Amen. Right after that, we see Jesus says he opened up their understanding. And I want to say it the way Paul says it in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, that the Father of glory would give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation into the knowledge of who he is, that we may know the hope of his calling, that the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened, that we may know the riches of his inheritance in the saints. You are a glorious people, not because of the way you look, not because of the car you drive, not because of the house you live in, not even because of the ministry and the people you serve, but because there's a real Jesus that lives on the inside of you. Can somebody say amen? amen. Maybe you're saying, when is he going to start preaching? Well, tell your neighbor he just started. <laughs> Beloved. Beloved. I, I, I got to tell you this. I, I urge you. I urge you to get in touch with the presence of the Holy Spirit. I urge you to realize that every single day he's living and breathing. He lives on the inside of you, but he's currently active in everything that we say and everything that we do. When you have those sidebar conversations, there's a real Holy Spirit present. Whew. You guys wouldn't freak out if, 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 if I just like get real charismatic up here, right? Well, if you said you did, you know what? I was going to do it anyway. I just figured I'd, <laughs> you feel me? Uh, I'm just saying. There's a real Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit is real. And I believe that the Lord specifically had me to finish off this, this, this particular book of the Bible uh, with the Holy Spirit. I love it. I love that I get the opportunity to preach from Luke 24, which is ultimately the Great Commission or, the, or Luke's version of the Great Commission. Because too often there are churches, there are ministers, there are pastors, there are leaders who are leading from a place of works. And their ministry have no power. There's no power. There's no evidence of power. There's no Holy Spirit. It's just good works. And therefore, beloved, here's what I want to tell you. It's humanitarian work. It's humanitarian work. If the people that you lead never experience the fullness, we won't really experience the fullness of the Spirit until Jesus returns. But there is some experience of the, of the Holy Spirit breathing and living and active in our life today. And if we're not in touch with it, beloved, you're missing it. Are you with me? Anybody sleeping? Have you ever heard this saying that you can take 
the man out the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out the man. You, you never heard that? Let me, let me appeal to some of my black folks. Have, have you ever heard that? Okay, so, and let me appeal to some of my white folks. You heard that too, right? Maybe it's come across in a different way. But the concept is really the same, right? You could take the ghetto, you could take the man out the ghetto, but not the ghetto out the man. Let me tell you, I come from New York City. I, I, I come on, <laughs> come, come on. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, there's something different about New York. Look, America don't start until you get outside of New York. New York is its own country, continent, all of that. I'm just telling you, if you've never been there, uh, I would tell you to go, but I'd tell you to maybe talk to somebody from New York before you go. <laughs> j j just so you know how to you know, move, because you you're going to get it raw. And I, I want you to come back and be like, man, New York was great. And I, I, Is that all right? It is a great place, big city of dreams, but it is a very ghetto place. There are other cities in America that are ghetto, but I can't talk, well, I could talk a little bit about those, but I, I was born and raised in New York City. I know New York City, and one of the things that's happening in New York City still to this day, it started some years ago, uh, what we would probably define as uh, gentrification, but I wouldn't call it gentrification because, because gentrification is actually intended to change the dynamics of the community. And what's happening in New York is the dynamics haven't changed in the community. We just get these nice buildings put smack in the middle, in the middle of the ghetto, and they make them for low-income families. to They make it affordable so they can move into it. Well, my wife and I, we lived in one right before we left. It was a really, really nice building. Um, and because it was so nice and so beautiful, but it was smack on one side was the slums. On the other side was the slums and then this nice building. And my wife convinced me after we got married to move in. And, you know, let's move in together because she lives in the new building. And there's no, if you're from New York, you know, there's rats and mice everywhere. I mean, like, like they, they end up becoming part of the family. We actually had one. <laughs> When I was growing up, we had Big Ben. That was his... <laughs> serious. I'm like, so serious, for real, for real. That, that was his name. Big Ben's out. Big Ben is hungry, and he only ate, like, after midnight. So, I, you know, we knew, stay in the bed. Me and my sisters, I mean, literally, we had this long hallway. I'm on a tangent, but we, we had this long hallway, and if we had to go to the bathroom after dark, we would actually put our hands on the wall and walk up like this because Big Ben was a part of the family, but after hours, that was his house. <laughs> Just saying. You don't want to mess with Big, big Ben killed cats. Like, 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 babe, tell them. When you, you, you don't walk down the sidewalks of New York City at night because the rats own them. You walk in the street. I'm just saying. So, so my wife convinced me to move into her new building. It's new. There's no mice and rats. Well, that's what she thought. Remember what I first said. You could take the man out the ghetto, but not the ghetto out the man. Right? It's the same thing with this building. You could put this new building in the middle of the ghetto, but you're just moving ghetto people in there. 
who don't know how to put their trash in. Listen, there's an incinerator. Take your garbage, put it in the incinerator. But because the people are so ghetto, they just want to throw it in front of the incinerator and then complain about the rats. Here's my point in all this. Beloved, your ministry is not effective or in totality what Jesus died for if you just save the man or relieve the person from the very thing that they need relief from. If they don't experience the Holy Spirit breathing and living and active in their life, they will never really transform from the inside out. Just because they look like, just because they're staying sober, they are still dark and they are still broken and they are still weak and they are still making the same mistakes. Their behaviors don't change. And it's not because you don't have a good ministry. It's because, could I say this in a strong way? Could I, could I, look. This, this always helps people know that I love them and I'm like, yeah. That's how I soften things up a little bit. It's because we become more focused on relieving people in our ministries. We want to rescue those young girls. We want to, we want to rescue those addicts. We want, we want to rescue whatever, whatever it is. Those are the first two things, and I'm not picking on. My, 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 one of my best friends is in the room, George, and, I, and I'm, I'm like heavily involved in, in the Timothy Initiative, and that's just one of the first things that come to my mind. But I, I want you not to look at me or look at George. I want you to look at you and your ministry. If your ministry becomes more focused about the ministry without introducing that person to the, the Holy Spirit, it's weak. If you don't bring men and women in the same passage, if you don't bring them to repentance, if you don't bring them to, and look, it's easy to say, I repent, but never change. Then therefore, if we're going to be correct, you never really repented, right? It just becomes loose words. And beloved, I don't know that Jesus died for loose words. I don't know that he died for a ministry with no power. And that power only comes through the presence of God. It comes through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like so often we get so locked in on the scriptures and we got to exegete these scriptures, right? Well, I got news for you, beloved. Just like in John 5, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you search the scriptures looking for eternal life, but I'm standing right in front of you. I'm standing right in front of you and you're missing it. My God is bigger than your good works. My God is bigger than some relief effort. My heart is, is so tender because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And my prayer is, God, will you give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation into the knowledge of who he is, that I may understand that the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened, that I will know the hope of his coming. And when I get to that place where I realize that, how can I not introduce you? 
don't want no more dead ministries. You cannot measure the success of your ministry by the amount of bodies that come to it. I want to see a transformed life. That's why, you know, maybe some of you are in here. I, 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 I'm charismatic, but I graduated from a Baptist theological seminary, so I'm somewhere in the middle with my theology. Just call me a mutt, I guess. <laughs> but I am an ordained uh, minister with the Assemblies of God, so I'm Pentecostal to the bone, Holy Spirit to the bone, you know. <laughs> But I, but I do understand why the cessationalists, no offense to anybody, uh, believe that if a person never transformed or if you've never seen the evidence of an outward work, then there was never an in work, uh, inward work. That's their theological position. He was never saved. If you, if you never changed, then you were never really saved. Well, I don't have a heaven to hell to put nobody in and everybody should say amen to that because I'm not that guy. We all be, I'll just be deeming people here. <laughs> hell, 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 hell. The only person to make it into heaven is me. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so when I say you, you should thank God that I'm not that guy that have a heaven or hell to put you in. Amen. My point that I want to make, I've already made. I was talking to somebody last night. I get, it, I get these invitations to travel the country and half the world to speak, and I'm not the brightest guy. Like, you got to fly me 2,000 miles for me to give you this simple message. Get in people's life. Introduce them to this man allow them or set them up to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you want to fly me all the way around the world to hear that message, well, here you go. You want to pay for it? Here you go. Beloved, I'm, I'm, my spirit is grieving heavily because 93% of our churches in America, or excuse me, 93% of the church growth in America is transferred growth. That means people aren't getting saved. And we know that people can only get saved through what? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that draws them. So then what does that tell me as a church planning practitioner? That the leaders that are leading these ministries care more about the size of their churches than they do about introducing the person that comes in their ministry to the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe that's none of you in this room. That's my prayer, actually, and that's my hope. But, beloved, I, I, I just don't want a ministry that got people in it. If I don't see people's lives being changed, if I don't see communities being changed, because there is a presence. I had someone say to me, they said, you know, you, you, you walk in the room. There was a different occasion. There was, there was, uh, we were doing an outreach, and, and, and I had just showed up, and there was this girl that was, uh, you know, maybe she was possessed. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really know. 
where I don't know how to believe on being possessed and not possessed. I know she was, something was wrong with her. <laughs> Just saying. Unsaved, don't know Jesus. But when I stepped on the scene, this is not to prop myself up by any means. But when I stepped on the scene, Ryan, what did she do? She said, there's, there's something about that man. Did she say that? And she started to tremble. Well, I actually see that in the Bible. But this is not about me. This is about the person that lives on the inside of me. I, I, I want to be in your presence. And I want you to feel like, you know, there's something different about Tim. And it's not that he's uh, very articulate. It's not that he's smart. It's not that he, that he I, I don't know what it is. I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure it out. Well, if you hear somebody say that, tell them to come talk to me. Because I want to infect them. Infect. Infect. I want to give them a virus. You can't get rid of viruses. You live with it for life. You know what that virus is called? The Holy Spirit. I want to infect them with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And if God uses me as a conduit for that to happen, there is my scorecard. There is my measure of success. If it's just one, there is my measure of success. Can somebody say amen? What is my time looking like? Got 10 minutes? Or did I bore you guys yet? Okay. And I, I, you know, I confirm things this way. I didn't practice. I, didn't, I was supposed to come to practice with the worship team this past Thursday because I know me or I know how I believe the Lord uses me, and I know that I needed a little bit of time to work out some of the kinks and get the, let them get to know me and me know them. Not, not in an, uh, another way outside of the way I minister and the way I flow. And I didn't get to do it because I was in Orlando and board meetings and all kinds of crazy stuff that I'm just like so overwhelmed with right now and I don't know what to do. But this morning... I didn't have the set list. They sung three songs pointed to what I'm talking to you about. And you telling me that the Holy Spirit isn't alive? You telling me that he's not well? You telling me that he's not breathing and active? We didn't, Melissa and I, did, did we arrange this? We, we didn't do this. This is, this is an act of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we read this book of Acts and we say, yeah, the acts of the apostles. Beloved, you, you can't really say that it's the acts of the apostles without saying it's the acts of the Holy Spirit being lived out through the apostles. Are you with me? So today what I want to do is, you guys, you guys uh, need to understand that as I, I, I prayed through this and I pondered this and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to just, ex I'm going to go verse by verse and just appeal to their minds. But then I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, do you remember when Paul said, I think it's 1 Corinthians 6, he said, I didn't come with any, any kind of, you know, fancied up words, but I came with power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. That's where men and women get saved. That's where men and women change. Every person in this room, you didn't get saved 
with the, with the open scripture. You got saved because something came into your heart that pushed you, that urged you to make this decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord. And I want to introduce him to you today. His name is Holy Spirit. Can somebody say hi, Holy Spirit? I mean, you're talking to the Holy Spirit, so you got to like project, you know, like you're, 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 you're talking to a real God. Hi, Holy Spirit. We must acknowledge him. We must acknowledge him. We must acknowledge him. We must acknowledge him and our hearts long to be with him again. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. 17, it says the spirit and the bride say come. There's a deep intimacy. There's a deep partnership with God's church and the spirit of God. And beloved, I, I, I got to be strong and just tell you, I, you, you, know, when, you, you know, when we talk about come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, the reality, what I see across the landscape is we're saying come Lord Jesus, eradicate all of the injustices. Well, that's why the multitude followed Jesus. They followed him for him to eradicate and injustice. But we are in danger if we don't shift our thinking. Yes, that is true. He is going to eradicate. He's going to shake everything that can be shaken. I am not surprised with where this thing is going because it has to. That's the end of the story. There are some eschatological implications that are happening in our day and our hour right now. And the come, Lord Jesus, is the spirit and the bride say, come, beloved, let me paint it this way for you. When we say, come, Lord Jesus, this is how we posture our heart with the Holy Spirit. We're first asking him to come because of the intimate connection that we have with him. When I travel upon the many and many uh, flights and states and cities that I go to. All right, I'm, I gotta I'm just shifting the way I'm going to say this because there's some young people in the room. Listen, when I, get, when I first come home, you know what my wife is interested in? Connecting with me as a person. She's like, when she says come home, she's saying come home because she want to connect with me. There's an intimate connection. When we say come, Lord Jesus, we're saying, we're saying come. I long, to, I long to connect with you, Daddy. I long to be with you. It's like that little girl, my, my Christian, when my wife and I go on the road, the first thing she does when she sees that door fling open, she's like, Daddy, Mommy. My wife, I don't walk through the door and she, she, when she seeks to connect with me, it's not, she doesn't, it's not I walk through the door and she says, honey, uh, this needs to be fixed, that needs to be fixed. There's something, there's a leak in the back. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? It's not a come, Lord Jesus, eradicate all the darkness in the land. It's come, Lord Jesus, I long to be with you. I long to partner with you. I can't wait for you to come back. Am I talking to anybody? Do you hear what I'm saying? 
We have to practice getting in the face of God, the presence of God, because it's in the presence of God. Yeah, there's fullness of joy. Yes, listen to me. But the effectiveness of your ministry is directly, directly tied to your presencing, your practice of presencing. You want to see people's lives and hearts transformed in your ministry? You better get in the secret place. You better get a real relationship with a real God. You better go into the ministry of weeping before you ever even launch out. You better begin to have a heart burning with love because there's this spirit in you that's, lo- that's pushing you and urging you to connect with your daddy. I don't care about the ministry. It's the person, then the work. I want to connect with the person, beloved. I want the presence of God, and we know Jesus ascended, and his time is finished for a moment. But he's still here because he left his spirit. And I'm just tired and sick and grumpy and, 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 and somewhat just complaining because I'm tired of these dead ministries. And, and, and people talking about, yeah, we're running 1,000, we're running 2,000. Well, how many people are you really, really introducing to the power of Jesus? Oh, I don't know. I got to check with my, uh, with my bookkeeper. I, you know, we keep all that stuff. And, beloved, that is wrong. I don't want to be planted somewhere and not affect the people that I'm, infect and affect the people that are around me. And the only way you could do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. But we must first get in his face and practice presencing with him. I need him. I need breakthrough in my heart. There's some real dysfunctional things happening in my life. I need the presence of God. I need the presence of God. I need the presence of God. Listen, that prayer meeting Monday, every person in this room should have been here. Every person in this room. Because if you're practicing ministry, you're just a practitioner. I'm so glad four people got that. I'm so glad. I'm just joking. No, not really. No. No, I am. Beloved, I think Jesus came back in this text because he needed to encounter his people. Keisha talked about at the table. Come, Everybody's invited to the table. What I want to throw on top of that is when you come to this table, there's a divine exchange. There's a divine exchange. That exchange is the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus told them, you must go to that upper room and you must spend some time until he comes and you don't go until he comes. And I'm not the overseer of this ministry, of this network by any means, but I am empowered. I am equipped by the spirit of the living God and all authority that was given to Jesus was given to me. And so therefore I will stand boldly on this platform and tell you if you don't have the power and the, if you don't have no presence in your life, you better stop ministry right now. That 200 micro churches need to go to 150 tomorrow. Straight up. Because you're only working with your hands. And what you do with your hands is only going to burn up. I don't care. You, 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 you. <laughs> 
I, I might not get an invitation back, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> I, don't need mini- I don't need speaking engagements, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I really don't. I, I, I'm honored to stand before you, but I get to listen told my wife, I told Lucas before he even gave me this, this invitation. I mean, it was so funny because I said, Lucas, I, I'm just having to say no. I don't want speaking engagements. I want presence. I want power. I want effectiveness. <laughs> Beloved, it's not good enough for you to sit on top of your ministry and the people are in it that are, that are going straight to hell because they never really even engaged with the Holy Spirit. Are you inspecting what you expect? Are you inspecting what you expect? Do you have a real discipleship plan? Do you know what what real fruit of a disciple looks like? The relief efforts got to go. They got to go. I mean, they probably don't have to go because we need to meet physical. We have to relieve before we can build. We have to. We have to relieve, we have to rehab, and then we have to develop. We have to make disciples, beloved. I I was talking with one of the uh, premier leaders from a very, very, very well-known church in this area. I won't name drop because I know some of you have gone there. And I asked them, I said, how do you make disciples in a ministry this big? We just tell them to stay close. Stay close. And what happens after they stay close? I mean, really? Stay close? Is that your discipleship plan? Your church deserves to close tomorrow. Because you need to stop You need to sit down. You need to rethink what you're doing. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't say, go save little orphans and give them food to eat. Now, Jesus cares about that. But I think what he cares about even more than that is them having a real relationship with a real God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Can I ask the worship team to come up? What I want to do is I probably just intimidated a lot of you (laughs) because I'm like this big black guy from New York City. But I'm like got the heart of a teddy bear, I think, sometimes. And I had some really good points on those notes. Just didn't get to them. I love the Holy Spirit. I love them. Because with the Holy Spirit, you don't need notes. Now, now I don't want to take away from proper preparation prevents poor performance. (laughs) Right? I mean, I, I got something to say about them preachers that say, I don't need no uh, notes. I'm just going to wait on the Holy Spirit. Well, look, half the time you're preparing a sermon, you preachers, could I, could I, could I speak into your life in this way? 
half the time you're preparing your sermon is more for you than the people you're going to deliver it for. Somebody asked me, they said, why do you carry this title, bishop? What's the difference between a bishop and a, and a, and a pastor? And yeah, it's, we don't use titles in the underground, but I'll tell you, you refer to me as bishop. Here's why. Because if a doctor walked in a room, here's what you're going to say to him. Hey, doctor, right? You honor what God has done in my life. The difference between a pastor and a bishop is I oversee many and many ministries globally. And I don't say that to puff myself up. I actually say pray for me because I don't want to do it. I don't. If you ask people closest to me, I want to quit like now, like right now. I told my wife, after this, I'm not speaking no more for a while. But that's why I carry that title. And the that's the difference. A pastor, pastor is one ministry. A bishop oversees many. And I just figured maybe some more people wanted to, because several people asked me that in this particular network. But enough about me. And it's, let's, let's, let's press in. Can you do that? I'm going to ask.